0: Plus, your Twitter Tuesday questions on today's Locked On Giants podcast coming up next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants Podcast, part of the Lachlan Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana and I've been covering the New York Giants for almost 30 years now, and I'm your host, and I'll be taking you through the uh, frustrating and yet amazing world of the New York Giants with analysis and all kinds of great features uh, coming up, great guests and whatnot. And I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen every day. And remember, the Locked On Giants podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Giants. So, hope you will check us out on YouTube if you're not already doing so. On today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about Giants head coach Joe Judge's decision to stick with Offensive Coordinator Jason Garrett as the team's play caller. And then we are going to get into your Twitter Tuesday questions. So we have a jam-packed show for you today. Again, thanks for tuning in and making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen of the day. All right. First up, Giant fans, I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't send a shout-out to Giants inside linebacker Blake Martinez, Blake Martinez did suffer a torn ACL. He is done for the season, a devastating blow for the Giants defense. Martinez, of course, the Giants defensive co-captain, a guy who never came off the field, a real good guy, and geez, these season-ending injuries, they are just awful. They're they're even worse than the losing that the Giants have been going through. So I want to send a shout out to Blake Martinez. I don't think he listens to this program, but if he de- does Blake, get better soon. You're gonna, you've got this big guy. You're gonna come back, and you're gonna be better and stronger than ever before. All right, Giant fans. So, on Monday's conference call with reporters, Giants head coach Joe Judge was asked point blank, "Does he plan to make any changes at play call or replacing offensive coordinator Jason Garrett?" And I'll read you the exact quote with some emphasis here. Judge said to, said on a call with reporters on Monday, in terms of who's going to be calling the plays, no. In terms of the offense, defense, kicking game, the coordinators will still be making the play calls this week. Now, I emphasize this week, okay? Because that doesn't mean that the coordinators will be making the calls next week. Now, before I get too far ahead of myself here, Judge spoke about wanting to see about correcting some of the issues that the Giants have been having on offense, particularly in the red zone, where they just haven't been very good. And I have a stat that I put on Giants Country in an article I wrote that in the 19 games dating back to last year, the Giants have only scored at least 20 points eight times, All right? And they constantly are at or near the bottom of the league scoring watch. And in the red zone, um, they're three of five this year. But dating back to last season, they are 19 of 41 in red zone conversions. And when we're talking red zone, we are talking touchdowns, not field goals, which are not going to cut it in this league. So anyway, 19 of 41, that's a 46.3% conversion rate. Not very good, folks. We—we we, I think we can all agree that that's not very good. And in addition, I want to share with you some statistics that my colleague over at Lockdown Cowboys, Marcus Mosier, posted on his Twitter feed. And here are the statistics. Here is where the Giants have ranked offensively since hiring Jason Garrett in 2020 32nd in yards to go on third down, 31st in points per game, 31st in explosive pass plays. 30th in points per drive, 28th in yards per play, 32nd in yards to, I'm sorry, uh 31st in red zone touchdown percentage, 31st in offensive yards per game, 29th in sacks allowed, 29th in offensive penalties, and 29th in third down conversion rate. Not good, folks. I mean, look, we have all seen the Giants offense. We have seen the problems. Now, not all of it is on Jason Garrett. Let's make that clear. I mean, you can't be having Evan Ingram dropping passes or fumbling balls away. You can't have Daniel Jones having ball security issues. You can't have offensive linemen uh, not knowing how to pick up a stunt. You can't have Darius Slayton getting free and then dropping a ball that hits him in the hands. A A good deal of this is on execution. That said, and I go back to maybe the offensive line here as an example, and the fact that this offensive line hasn't been able to pick up a stunt successfully, not at least not very often. That's where the coaching comes in. How are these guys being taught? Maybe you need to simplify things for them. Maybe you need to scrap what you're doing and say, okay, you know what? We don't have the Dallas Cowboys offensive line from a couple of years ago, that all-world offensive line. So maybe we need to, I don't want to say dumb it down, but just change things up to where we're doing things that fit the guys we have versus the guys that we had maybe in Dallas. So there are things that Joe Judge is going to be looking for from the coaching staff, and that includes basically simplifying some of the stuff that they've been doing and trying a few new things. Now, what happens if they don't work? I can't imagine the Giants continuing with Jason Garrett as the play caller. I think what will happen is... They won't necessarily fire him if things don't turn around. But what I could see happening is Judge assigning either a co pilot, Freddie Kitchens, or just basically making Jason Garrett an offensive coordinator in name only. All right. I think ultimately, Freddie Kitchens is going to end up. Calling the plays for the Giants at some point if things don't turn around. And, you know, if you watch my show or you listen to my show yesterday with David Turner, we talked about that. And David was not very much in favor of Freddie Kitchens becoming the next play caller if Jason doesn't, you know, get the job done in the coming weeks. But that said, I think that's the direction that the Giants are going in. And look, quite honestly, you know, last year you can make the, the argument that the Giants had, you know, COVID and and it affected them learning and and executing on the field. I guess this summer you can say, you know, Garrett never had all of the offensive uh, playmakers on the field because of injuries. You know, he was without Saquon and Kyle Rudolph and um, Kenny Galladay uh, for most of the, you know, for most of the summer. But look, those excuses will only carry you so far. And I've said this before. That's why you have film on these guys. You have film on these guys, so you should have a good idea based on how they've been deployed in previous offenses, what they can do and what they can't do. And if you see, for example, Kyle Rudolph is a you know great at running a crossing pattern, for example, in the red zone, why would you not incorporate that into your offense? I mean, sometimes you just wonder if maybe this coaching staff, and in particular on offense, if they try to get a little too cute, a little too creative, so to speak, and end up outsmarting themselves. And sometimes it's just best to keep it simple. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs offense or the Green Bay offense. You just have to be the Giants offense. You have to play to the te- to the strengths of who you have, and stop trying to be someone else. Now, I don't know if that's what Jason's doing. I do know that whatever he is doing hasn't worked, and it's a problem. And until the Giants fix this offense, they are not going to go very far. I mean, they're they're about to face some good teams coming up on their schedule. You know, the Saints have always been a tough customer. And after that, they have the Cowboys, which has an offense capable of, you know, lighting up the scoreboard. The Giants got to get this fixed. And that's just the bottom line. So again, Joe Judge sticking with the coordinators. Again, he didn't. Specifically say the offensive coordinator, he said all the coordinators for, quote, this week. Will that change after this weekend against the Saints? It all depends on the outcome of the game and if there are improvements. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes, what kind of tweaks they made to address this problem. And all eyes are going to be on the offense this weekend to see what happens because this is a big storyline for the Giants and uh, one they have definitely got to fix. All right, Giant fans, I mentioned at the top of the show that we are also on a Twitter Tuesday today. Several of you were kind enough to send in your questions via email. So we are going to get to those in just a moment. All right, Giant fans, we're going to kick off the next segment shortly with your Twitter Tuesday questions. But first, if you do a lot of driving like I do, then you need to know about a fantastic new app. It's called Get Upside. When you open an account on GetUpside, you can save up to $0.25 cents per gallon at the pump. Over time, that kind of savings adds up. Some people are making as much as two to $300 a month with the GetUpside app, which not only makes it easy to save, but it makes it convenient for you to cash out at any time. You can either get the deposits back to your bank account via PayPal, on an Amazon gift card, and so many more options whenever you want. And now when you open an account, you will get up to $0.50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up with your new account, so download the Get Upside app and use our special promo code Touchdown when you sign up for your account and start saving every time you fill up at the pump. That's Get Upside. All right, Giant fans, coming up we have your Twitter Tuesday questions. But uh, first, if you are looking for all the latest news, odds, info, and sign up bonuses you will want to check out betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code NFL100, you will get a 100% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Again, that's code NFL100 for your 100% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, again, you are on Locked on Giants. I am Patricia Trainer, your host. And again, thank you so much for making the Locked on Giants podcast one of your first listen to podcasts of the day. Do appreciate the feedback, the responses, the interaction on YouTube has been tremendous. And of course, your Twitter Tuesday questions. And we have one via Twitter and the rest coming in via email. And just as a reminder, if you want to send a question in for the podcast, you can do so by sending it to me at lock on giants Podcast at gmail.com. That information is in the show notes below, along with some other information about things we've got going on here at the lock on giants podcast. Or you can tweet me at patricia underscore Trina, traina, T R A I N A. Make sure you tag it, ask P train, and also just tell me that it's for the podcast and not for Giants Country's mailbag where we do that every saturday. All right, let us get to your questions now. We're going to start off with a twitter question submitted by big pasty guy who asks assuming they clean house, assuming Mara figures out that he's the root common thread, how would it work to get outside help rebuilding front office some kind of consulting service. All right. Um What the Giants have done in the past when they have cleaned house, so to speak, is they have brought in a consultant and that consultant has been Ernie Accorsi. So, you know, John Mara, um, I don't have to tell you guys that he's a very loyal man. And Ernie Accorsi, you know, built a lot of the Super Bowl team that won the Super Bowl in 2007, even though Jerry Reese at that point, was the GM. A lot of that team was Ernie. Of course, he's doing. So would the Giants hire a consultant again? Possibly. Um, I I don't think it would be a bad idea because as, uh, as other people have pointed out, you want to go outside your circle and what you know. And I think one of the problems with the Giants is they stick with what they know. And I've seen it not just in the front office hirings, but in the coaching rank hirings. You know, one of my my uh, complaints, if you will, about the coaching ranks is every guy Joe Judge has hired, with the exception of maybe I think two guys or three guys, maybe um, Garrett, um, Ben Wilkerson, the assistant offensive line coach, and uh, Ty Colbert, um, and there probably are more that I'm forgetting, but. The majority of, of Joe Judge's staff are all guys he's worked with before. And, you know, there's something to be said about familiarity. And this whole concept of familiarity drives me crazy when it comes to player personnel, because you are bringing in guys that you know who may or may not be better than what you had. And a good example that I can give you is when the Giants decided to move on from Michael Thomas. For Nate Abner, a guy that Joe Judge knew from his time in New England. I just think that's kind of a, you know, a lazy way for lack of a better term to build a roster. But I'm getting off track here. You asked about the front office. I would hope that the Giants, if they do decide to shake things up, and they may or may not, they get them and might even surprise us and decide to retire at the end of the year, which I'm sure wouldn't break up a lot of people's, you know, wouldn't break a lot of people's hearts. But I do think that when the Giants have to look for their next GM, I would hope they would look outside the organization and not promote from within. The Giants do like to promote from within. I've seen people throughout the years, and not just in the you know in the football operations, but people who's come in and they start off as um, interns and they work their way their way up. And they work their way up the corporate ladder and then they become vice presidents or senior VPs. And that's all well and good. I mean, if it's if if the person deserves it, but you know, sometimes promoting from within isn't always the answer. So I would hope to answer your question that they would look outside the organization, um, whether it's through a search consulting firm that specializes in this or I don't know exactly how it would work, but you know, I would hope that would be the, the course of action they take. So thank you for that question. All right. Let's get to some email questions. And we're going to kick this off with um, a bunch of questions from Jack B., who, um, let's see, been listening to the podcast for two, two years now. Love the podcast. Jack, thank you so much for the kind words and for being a loyal listener. Really appreciate that. All right. Let's get to your questions. Question number one, what will it take for Jason Garrett to be fired? All right. Kind of touched on that a little bit in the beginning segment, but basically I think what it's going to take, Jack, is Joe Judge is going to try to exhaust every avenue. They're going to change things up. They're going to just try and get this offense back on track. And if all these changes that they're talking about don't work, I think at that point, you're going to see a change. I also think that Joe will make that change sooner than later. In other words, I don't see him taking the next four weeks to to get this thing fixed. I suspect, and this is just my gut feeling, I have no inside info on this particular feeling, but if things don't improve this weekend, I think you're going to start to hear rumblings of a possible shift in organizational uh, duties on that coaching staff. And as I mentioned before, Freddie Kitchens is the guy I would keep an eye on for a potential offensive coordinator role. All right. Also, you ask about the chunk plays. Where are the chunk plays? Uh, mentioning that Daniel Jones is rated by Pro Football Focus as one of the better deep ball throwers in the game. Um basically, it's a combination of things on the chunk plays. It's play calling, which I think at times is just too darn conservative and too cute at times and just doesn't fit the personnel the team has. But I think some of the deep ball issues, number one, the Giants didn't have deep guys who were capable of catching the deep ball. Now they do. They have Kenny Galladay. They have Kadarius Toney. They have Darius Slayton. Problem is now you have Darius Slayton dealing with a hamstring, you have Kadarius Tony who is still trying to get caught up on offense, and you've got Kenny Galladay who has been dealing with that hip injury. So can these guys really stretch the field? I don't know the answer to that. And but let me just say this much because this is a point uh, you know this that's been driving me crazy. Kadarius Tony is now entering his fourth week in the NFL. The NFL regular season, and these coaches keep saying, you know, oh, we're bringing him along. He's got to get caught up. Um, he's making progress, et cetera. This is week four. I mean, if this kid isn't up to speed by now, take a look at how you're teaching him. You know, Ty Tolbert a few weeks ago s- spoke about how Kadarius Tony is his star pupil, where whenever he has a question. That he asks in the classroom and the other guys can't answer it. Tony can. All right. So it's not that Tony is stupid. So why isn't he out on the field yet? Something's not translating there. Again, it's that that gray area between the classroom and behind the scenes stuff that is not transferring onto the field. And it's very frustrating. And that speaks to the coaching because if Kadarius Tony isn't ready for a bigger role. Then my gosh, they got to take a look at how they're teaching these kids, and they got to simplify stuff and get him confident and comfortable with what he's doing, because to have a first-round draft pick and not have him contributing as often as he should be—that's a problem. And you've got to look at coaching. I mean, if, if if they're again, if they're telling us that he's such a whiz kid in the classroom, what else could it be? So I just wanted to throw that thing out there at you since we were on the topic of offense and coordinators and whatnot. So, all right. Um, And then you close by saying that if it were up to you, you'd have Freddie Kitchens calling plays against the Saints. And as I mentioned before, Judge is not ready to make that change yet, but I suspect if things don't turn around, that move is coming sooner than later. So Jack, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for the questions. Appreciate them. Folks, we're going to have a couple more uh, mailbag questions coming up for you right after this. Stick with us. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's show. But first, no matter what you need for your car or truck, rockauto.com is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. Rockauto.com offers brand name parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices. And they ship directly to your door. So when you visit rockauto.com, tell them that Locked on Giants sent you in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia training here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And we are doing Twitter Tuesday, your questions. Actually, it's just the mailbag. Uh, it's, 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 I should really call this uh, Mailbag uh, Tuesday. It doesn't really have the same zing as Twitter Tuesday, but most of the questions do come in via email. But nonetheless, it is your questions, and they are the focus of the Tuesday show. So let's get back to them. All right, so I have Chris M., Submitted a few questions, so let's see. Uh, two things that are obvious in Patrick Graham's D for two years. Make a lot of mistakes and drop interceptions and costly penalties. Can't get off the field on third down or fourth in big situations. And it's not just against Matt Ryan. This is coaching. Mistakes in, as a pattern are coaching. What changes do you think are most likely? All right, let's, let's take that one. Chris, first thing I would do. Is after seeing all these dropped interceptions by the defense backs, extra work on the jugs machine. Now, I know Logan Ryan spoke in the post game after the Falcons game, and he talked about how he does that anyway. Okay, great. This is, you know, I'm not saying Logan Ryan doesn't do it. I'm not calling him a liar because I don't know. I'm not there. That said, this is another one of those gray areas where what progress is being made behind the scenes isn't coming over to the field. And to me, there needs to be a little less defensiveness, a little less, you know, why well, do it, you know, or a little less excuse making and more show me. Um, that's just the bottom line. I don't care if you spend five minutes on the jet machine per day, four hours, whatever. If you're dropping passes, you're obviously not sp- spending enough time. So that's something that needs to be addressed. Fundamentals. A, D ba- a, a defensive back should catch a, should be able to catch a ball, you would think. And if they're not, if it's hitting them in the hands and they're dropping it or their body catching it, it's fundamentals, and they have to work on that. You know, it's kind of like playing an instrument. If I can't, um, you know, I play guitar, all right, and right now I can't, hit a fret with my pinky, my left pinky, because it's not strong enough, but I practice it every day, 10 minutes a day, trying to strengthen up my pinky so that I can shred on the fretboard. So same thing with football or any sport, got to practice it. All right. uh, Let's see what other question you had. Um, Will Freddie Kitchens get play calling duties this year? Okay. Kind of touched on that in the last segment. I think if Jason Garrett doesn't turn it around, there is a short, um a short leash, I think is fair to say for Jason Garrett. They cannot go the next two, three, four weeks continuing to try to bang their heads against the wall and figure this out. I think at some point, if the season starts to slip away, yes, you will see a change in the play caller. Um and then you finally ask, Is Joe Judge out? No. No, I don't think he's out. Um, I talked about this with uh, Ed Valentine for his podcast. I think that topic came up. Um, And you give him this year to fix some of these things. You know, um, some of the personnel decisions, all right, again, nobody saw the injuries coming to the two offensive linemen. Nobody saw the ACL coming to Blake Martinez. I know fans sit there and say, well, you should prepare for it either way. You you just can't. I mean, it's luck of the draw sometimes. I'm, I'm sorry. That's how I feel about injuries. But I think you give Joe Judge the benefit of the doubt. He's still a relatively new head coach. Some of the decisions he makes are, I think, questionable. But in, in his defense, or actually to, to look at this from a wider lens, let's take, for example, um, a, a pet peeve of mine that I'm going to talk about. And that is how Judge handled this team in the preseason. I probably have said this before, but I'll say it again. So I apologize if I'm repeating it. But I didn't like the way Judge doled out snaps in the preseason games. All right. He waited. He waited. He gave the offensive linemen snaps in week one of the preseason. I think they got 11 snaps. And then they didn't get snaps again as a unit until week three, the dress rehearsal. Daniel Jones didn't get snaps until week three. And the excuse was, well, they got quality snaps in practice. Okay. So does that mean they're getting quality snaps now during the regular season? So they shouldn't play because they got quality snaps in? That logic just didn't sit with me. And I know you want to see, you know, in the preseason, you want to see these other guys, you want to give them a chance. But I just felt that there was too much emphasis put on giving these guys um, that some of whom didn't even make the roster, by the way, a chance. So if you're in a pressure situation, you know, you know, you've got to win this year because your front office just spent 200 million plus on free agency. Now was, you know, that was not the time to dilly-dally and experiment and say, oh, I want to look at the fourth string cornerback. That wasn't the time to do it. You had to, I think, focus on building cohesiveness. And I know, look, I've said it before. The Giants didn't have Kenny Galladay. They didn't have Saquon Barkley. They didn't have Kyle Rudolph. They didn't have uh, Kadarius Toney and a few other guys on offense, but you, in the meantime, could have gotten that offensive line gelling together. You could have worked on some of the other, you know, the, the the substitution packages, you know, gotten Evan Ingram maybe into some kind of a flow. He had a pretty good summer, you know, pretty good summer camp, but they didn't really play him much in the preseason. All right. I just felt like that was mishandled. So by the time they got to week one, what happened? The Giants looked like they were still in preseason They weren't cohesive. They weren't ready to start the season. And they lost a game that counts in the standings. I'm sorry. I don't agree with Joe's philosophy there. I think he made a a gross judgment of error. Now, why do I bring this up? Because these are the types of experiences that he has to learn from. Joe Judge, remember, came from Alabama. He came from New England. Those teams were very rich in talent. They could get away with that kind of approach because, you know, if they had a throwaway game here or there, they had the talent to make up for it. The Giants don't have the talent to afford throwaway games. They just don't. They've proven that. So that is a big mistake, I think, that Joe Judge made and one that I really, really hope doesn't come back to bite them when the dust settles. All right. So how to get that one off my chest. But uh, anyway, Chris, thank you for your questions. Great questions, as always. Appreciate them. All right. Next question comes from Tyler J., who, God bless his soul, he made the trip up from Tampa, Florida to MetLife, uh, MetLife Stadium for National Eli Manning Day. I'm glad you got to see it. Uh, Tyler, that was some ceremony, by the way. I mean, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. But anyway, um, so let's see. Your question is, the first offensive drive of the game, the Giants threw a long pass down the sideline, and they never threw a a pass deeper than 20 yards the rest of the game. Do I think the play calling is holding him back, or do I think Daniel Jones is making the right decisions with the ball? I think it's a combination of the two. And I'm going to start with the play calling. And again, David Turner on the show on Monday made this point. So I'm going to reiterate it. The Giants, if you look at their opening drive, they're pretty good. All right. Their opening drives have been fairly successful. They've been mixed up. You sit there and you say, okay, yeah, there's hope for this. That's because those opening drives are scripted. And uh, you know, the first 15 or 20 plays or so are scripted by the Giants. After that, if something happens, where are the adjustments? Case in point, okay? Sterling Shepard goes down with a hamstring. Darius Slayton goes down with a hamstring. Where was Kyle Rudolph? Why wasn't he involved in the, in the passing game? Why wasn't, you know, Darius Tony more involved? What exactly were they doing? These are the types of adjustments you question and you wonder about. We talk about adjustments all the time. And can anybody out there honestly say that Jason Garrett has been good at making adjustments. I don't think I can, if you can, and you're, you know, on YouTube, put a comment in the box below and tell me if you think I'm wrong here. That said, it's not all on Garrett. There are some uh, things that Daniel Jones misses. Um, You know, there are times when he's missed guys who have been wide open or uh, he is, you know, pulled the ball down and and taken off. Um, His pocket awareness is still, I think, shaky. So yeah, some of that's on him. And then you also have to look at some of the skill position players. And gosh, I hate to pick on Evan Ingram, but I'm going to here. Evan Ingram, when was the last time you saw this guy run and beat zone coverage? Find that soft spot in the zone coverage. Settle in, make the catch and then run for extra yards after the catch. You don't see it very often. All right? I talk about Sterling Shepard and how he is a master at finding soft soft spots in zone coverage. He is a master. I mean, Sterling Shepard should put on a clinic. That's how good he is at that. Evan Ingram can't do it. I don't see it. I just don't see it. All right? Again, is that coaching? Is that the player? just not having a feel for things. Maybe it's a combination of the two. I don't know the answer, but it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to watch, you know, the drop passes, uh, not just by Evan, but by, you know, Darius Slayton a couple of weeks ago against Washington. Um, the fact that the offensive line can't, you know, consistently pick up twists and defend against them. You know, th- th- there's, I think there's equal blame, and it goes back to the point I tried to make earlier. How do you fix it? Do you simplify things? Do you dumb it down a little bit? What do you do? I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the coaches are thinking. I'm sure, um, you know, I'm recording this on a Monday night. Coaches have um, game planning meetings on Tuesday and also they discuss and map out the week of practice I hope they're coming up with some answers here because they can't go on like this. This season's going to slip away pretty quickly unless they turn it around. I mean, they should have won these first three games and they were all winnable. That would have built up some momentum. And by the way, I've been picking on the offense. The defense hasn't been exactly you know, uh, clear any wrongdoing and we've talked about that before but the defense has got to get a little bit better you know the pass rush has anybody seen a lot of pressure from lorenzo carter or shane Zimenez? i think right now really the only kid who's providing any kind of pass rush is oziz ojelari one guy alone is not going to be able to do it okay um so yeah they they've got some big big issues they've got to resolve not just on offense on defense. And let's hope that these coaches have the answers. Otherwise, folks, it's going to be a depressing Monday after each game on this podcast. It's really, really going to be depressing. And um, I'll try and make it as pleasant as I can for you. But, um, you know, there's only so much I can do. So we'll see how it goes. All right, Giant fans, before I go, just real quick, again, I want to thank you for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen. Make sure you check out some of our other Locked On podcasts. We have Locked On Bets. We have Locked On NFL. A lot of great stuff here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, coming up on the Locked On Giants podcast this week, we have Ed Valentine, who's going to join me on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the state of the Giants and where they go from here. Thursday, I have the crossover show with Locked On Saints uh, host Ross Jackson. Cannot wait for that! I absolutely adore Ross. He's so good. I think you guys are going to love him. If you haven't checked him out, check out the Locked On Saints podcast. That infectious smile that he has—I think you'll you'll love him. And he's just such a wealth of knowledge about the Saints. And then I am working on having an interview for you on Friday. Fingers crossed that that comes to fruition. So. Hopefully, I will have another guest for you on Friday. So that's a look at what we have coming up here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.